freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Everybody. Welcome to episode number 210 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We're brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our show today is Politics versus Public Servant. Our guest today is Anna Paulina Luna. Anna is a United States Air Force veteran. She is a proud Hispanic American of Mexican descent, and she is a constitutional conservative who is pro-God, pro-life, and pro-gun. Anna is running to unseat former Republican turned Democrat, Charlie Crist, in Florida's Congressional District 13. Welcome to the show, Miss Anna. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. This is um, super exciting. You and I have met in person on a couple of occasions, uh, but the chance to sit down and really kind of dig into some of these important issues is exciting for us, and we appreciate you finding the time uh, to do that. Uh, stepping into the arena of politics takes the heart and spirit of a warrior, so I think it's fitting that you have a military background. What is that driving force, or was there a tipping point that made you realize that running for Congress was how you wanted to continue to serve the United States? You know, I was actually on track to go to medical school before I really became, I think, vocally political. Um, and really the reason I wanted to go to medical school is that so I could help people. And looking back on kind of the decision that I made on August, it was August 18th of 2000. 18 is I had a chance to either go work for an organization called Turning Point USA and they'd call me 24 hours before I really was supposed to go to medical school and fly out or was I going to leave go to medical school and then come back and practice medicine in a socialist country and so mm -hmm. I at that point really made the decision that you know if I really wanted to help fix what was going wrong with the country right now and help people um, through legislation, it had to be done through the political arena. Now, I didn't necessarily realize I was going to be running for Congress until two months into that job with Turning Point. But as I started cycling on the news networks and as I started seeing how much my voice was being suppressed because I was conservative and I was bringing a different perspective that wasn't just backed by opinion, but it was backed by facts, that's when I realized that I would be running for office. And so it really, I think, was kind of um, a developmental decision. But I realize now in hindsight that it kind of all led me to this path. And so I'm glad I'm on it because I think, especially as you're seeing right now, we need people that are going to back the Second Amendment and people that know what the Constitution is and don't agree with socialism. And you can see that in the media today. If you just turn on the television, there's so much propaganda flying around. Um, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. 
Well, it's tremendous uh, that you have decided to step up. And, you know, I always kind of use this metaphor for politics as a wood chipper. I mean, it really feels like you are stepping into a very dangerous, uh, treacherous uh, arena because your whole life gets brought into it. Every, yes. Everyone that you know and love um, is up for scrutiny and every word you've ever said is is parsed and reparsed and purposely uh, misquoted and it just goes on and on and so um, I really admire people who will willingly step into that arena um, so I appreciate that yeah it's you know if you're looking at it from a very honest perspective which I am I'm not worried about it because I am who I am I don't pretend to pretend to be something that I'm not and I really did own who I was at the beginning. So for me, it's not like they can go after, you know, my dad, like I, everyone knows my dad, you know, had, he struggled with a drug addiction. He's been in and out of jail. In fact, most of my family has. So for me, it's just like, what are you guys going to try to attack me on? That's already not out there. And if they're attacking me on that, then I think it really makes them look like jerks. So I'm not worried about it. I just, um, I'm a firm believer in the truth always comes out. And I've met some incredible people, very important people in the political movement that have my back. And so they can lie all they want, but I have a platform too, and I'll just put the truth out there and they look bad when they do it. Beautiful. Anna, you said a couple of times socialist country that we're, you know, it's scary because we are, we're turning into a socialist country unless people like you stop them. Yes, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I tell people, if you can donate to my campaign, if you can help me in any way, do it because, you know, people don't realize there's candidates that are well-funded, that are young women that are running to push socialism to a target demographic, whether it's the black demographic or the Hispanic demographic, because we know that if even you could shave off as a, as a Republican or as a conservative, only a small percentage of the primarily Democrat vote, voting black vote, that the Democrat party would implode. And I think that it's the same thing for the Hispanic demographic. You know, you have Hispanic Americans as the largest voting minority in 2020, and yet the voice of the conservative Hispanic American is constantly being suppressed. Why is that? It's for these reasons. So yes, it is an uphill battle, but again, I have some awesome allies. Matt Gates endorsed my campaign very, very early on. Students for Trump just endorsed me, Charlie Kirk. Um, you know, the people that you want to have in your corner, they're endorsing me. So I am doing everything that I can and either people are going to vote for me or they're not, but this is as much as it's, you talk on national issues, this is very local. So I go to the people and let them decide. We've had, we've had quite, I'm sorry. We've had quite a few, uh, you know, we have a gun shop and we've had a, quite a few Hispanic people coming in the store buying guns lately that used to be on the fence or against guns. And so it's interesting that they should know, and I think they do know that if they vote, continue to vote Democratic, that there's a good chance that they're going to lose their rights to ever own a firearm. Well, and I think that you look collectively at, you know, the Hispanic demographic, which is primarily conservative. I mean, the reason why people are owning firearms right now is because there are certain policies that Democrats have put forth that are literally resulting in rioting, looting people's homes and livelihood being destroyed. Part of why we have the Second Amendment is to defend your property. I mean, that was like a founding principle of this country. So um, I look at it like this. A lot of people are looking at what's happening in television right now. They're looking at the decisions that these policies makers are making, and they're just not having it. So you do have a right to defend yourself. You do have a right to defend your home and your property and your family, and that's done through the Second Amendment, and that's why I'm such an advocate supporter of the Second Amendment. 
Well, we appreciate that. We need more public servants doing that. Um, so you are running for office in Florida, as I mentioned in the lead-in. Uh, there is uh, someone sitting in a seat that used to be Republican and then changed parties midstream. I mean, if that's not uh, something to make He's your head implode. Yeah, he's been all three parties. So he was a, Dem a Republican, then he went independent. Now he's a Democrat. And he actually tried to come back as a Republican this cycle. And the Florida GOP said, absolutely not. So yes, I'm running against a career politician who's been in office for a year longer than I've been alive. Wow. Um, so bring us up to speed because you're in Florida. I'm in Arizona. Our, our audience is actually worldwide. Uh, but definitely nationwide. So what are um, the key issues in your district? And are you also up against uh, other opponents for the seat? Yeah, so I'm actually, there is a primary. The primary is on August 18th, where I run against other Republicans for the primary nomination to go up against Charlie Chris, who's a sitting incumbent, meaning he's a Democrat I'm running against. Um, but it's really between myself and one other person. And so I think, and I tell all this to people, you know, look into the candidates that you're electing to office because you can have someone that has an R next to their name, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a Republican or that they even really believe in the constitution. Um, but with that being said, I have a massive amount of support. I've actually already uh, won a local straw poll, which was a huge deal because that was at one of the more conservative uh, coffee shops in the area. And then, you know, you, you really go out and you meet people and people, personality sells. And I'm not a, a, I'm not a politician in that sense that I'm too good to go to the people. And I think people respect that. So we've been getting a lot of support. But um, I'd say the top issues for me, one, school choice, allowing people, and that's from a personal perspective as well, decide where their kids get to go, not based on zip code. Um, we actually do have a lower income part of my district in South St. Pete. And frankly, there's really good people all around. You know, someone can't help the circumstance in the, which they're born to, but if you can get them a good education and allow them to go to an area where they can thrive, it can really change someone's life for the future. So that's the number one issue. Um, second issue is veterans issues. I think the VA, especially in regards to the disability rating, has a huge problem right now. And there's simply not enough people, especially who are elected officials that have even gone through the VA rating process, know what the families go through, know what the veterans go through. I myself am a veteran. I've been through the VA rating process. It's absolutely backwards. I have people in my district that suffer from Agent Orange from the Vietnam War and still aren't able to get a disability rating. Um, that's a huge, huge, huge thing that I take personal. And so it's something that I really do want to help um, the veterans, not just in my community, but nationally solve. And then the third issue would be firearms rights, especially in regards to people that are diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. We know that red flag laws target those people. And so you're seeing people lose their constitutional right. Um, after they've gone to fight wars for this country that elected officials voted them to go fight. So I'm a huge advocate in that. And then also to, um, I do care about the environment. I'm not for a carbon tax, but I do believe that we can responsibly leave um, a better world for future Americans. And so locally, we have a huge issue with sewage dumping into our bay. And so it's my hope and goal to fix that and to represent the fishing community here in Florida. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Um, I mean, people don't realize what, how much we rely on our oceans for food, if nothing yeah. else, right? So let us not dump sewage where our food is. I, food, I the local economy, tourism, it, it impacts basically every single aspect of Florida. And I, I, I care about this country. I care about Florida. And I think that right now people are so polarized that it's just, you know, having these conversations with people just to even get to you to listen right now is it, it can be difficult, but we don't give up. And 
I actually had one today where I think I actually was able to flip someone. And so that's, you know, that's what it's all about. That's phenomenal. So too often, uh, we citizens are frustrated with the actions of our elected officials. And this rally cry goes up to vote them out, right? I mean, that's kind of what's happening in Florida right now is there's got to be people that are frustrated with Charlie Crist and they're like, let's vote this person out. But if we citizens were just proactive rather than reactive and we voted in pro-freedom, pro-Second Amendment candidates in the first place, we could avoid a lot of pain. So how do we get pro-constitutional candidates like yourself to even step forward and, and throw their hat in the ring? And then how do we get people to stop being on this automatic pilot where they just recognize a name from before and check the list and, and keep rehiring these people with their votes? It really starts at the local level. Just because you have someone representing a national message doesn't mean that they can't be ousted at the local level. So if you have a congressman or woman in your district that you don't like, um, find out for one, a lot of people don't even know who their local congressman is. And that's the scary part. You know, they'll, they know other people, national names, but they don't know who's representing their own district. So if you look at what they're doing, how they're voting, and then you realize, hey, there's a problem, well, then it then becomes your responsibility as an American to ensure that that problem is dealt with. And that means either finding someone or you personally taking the initial action to be able to run. And by the way, people will try to scare you out of running. People try to scare me. They're like, they're going to destroy you. Who's going to destroy me? You know, like no one's going to be able to destroy me because I control the fate in my own outcome. And if you aren't comfortable owning who you are in the beginning, well, then obviously you're not, you shouldn't be in politics in general because being in the political arena, I think you have to have some form of moral code to be able to vote, to be able to back what you believe in. And if you don't have that, you have no place being in office. So finding people with those qualifications and then really helping them get them out. A lot of it's local education, working with your local party, getting involved in the local community. You know, people want to complain on the internet, but not take action. And so I'm the person that doesn't complain on the internet. I'll take the action to back it. And then there's results. And those results aren't just local. Those results are national. So I've been very fortunate. Very good. Um, And I know we need to start wrapping up, but um, you talked about the uh, primary coming up. Now we're sitting in the studio on Monday, June 1st, 2020, because these these shows get replayed years later. I don't want to confuse anybody. And you're talking about the primary in Florida on August 18th of 2020. And um, are you having uh, success getting your message out? We, we, we know, I mean, everybody tries to, not everybody, some people try to make us sound like crazy people when we say, you know, we're trying to message on social media and just because we happen to be conservative, somehow our messages don't quite get the same uh, treatment uh, out there. There there does seem to be a suppression of um, messaging. Uh, How are you, what is your success rate of getting your message out to the people that can show up at the polls on August 18th? You know, I have been suppressed, but you know, there's a lot. And I think this is what people discredit. You don't need social media to win an election. You need to be in front of voters. And so what I've been doing is, yes, I leverage the social media and I've been pretty successful in people being able to find me on social media. Um, You know, 
through typical elections, people actually use Facebook to target the district and that that's done as well. But the most effective way is to really meet people face to face. And so that's something that I haven't lost sight in. And when I meet those people face to face, if they decide that they like me and my message, they share it. And so regardless of how much they suppress me as a candidate, they can't suppress those people as well. So it creates this chain spiderweb effect to where I'm actually able to get my message out nonetheless. And I will say that today I'm the only candidate in the primary that's not verified on Twitter. However, I'm also the only candidate in the primary that Donald Trump, the president of the United States, Don Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle tweeted. So I think awesome. I have a pretty good shot. <laughs> I think you do. That's uh akin to an endorsement, uh, right? So I, I'll take it. If I were you, I'd take it. And you know, we, you know, we, when we go to events and we meet somebody, there's a, it's a lot different than seeing them on the internet or whatever, because yes. you kind of bond and, and you remember that when you go to the poll. So I, I agree with you on that. That's great. Yeah, they're not going to keep me out. They're going to try, but they're not going to keep me out. <laughs> I absolutely believe that. You are a force to be reckoned with, and I am proud to know you. Uh, just as we go out, tell folks how they can uh, follow you, support your campaign, because it takes not just dollars, but it also takes, you know, people helping you, knocking on doors and, and that sort of thing. So how, how do people get involved? If you're in the Florida area, please go to voteonnapaulina.com. It's V-O-T-E and then Anna, A-N-N-A, and Paulina, P-A-U-L-I-N-A.com. You can fill out a volunteer form. You'll also find my donation link there. And then on any one of my social media profiles, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Real Anna Paulina, and you'll find my donation link there. So I do need people to donate. I need help with volunteering, door knocking, phone baking. You can phone bake from across the country. So, um, you know, we've been great. We've actually been able to get donations from all 50 states, U.S. territories, and Washington, D.C. So if I ever run for president, you'll see that it's actually already been a national race. <laughs> but um, other than that, um, you know, I do believe in what I'm fighting for. So I do need your help getting there. So if you can, whether it's 5, 10, 20 bucks, um, I'm not just another voice on the radio. Please consider going to donate because it will make a difference and it's gotten me to where I'm at today. And my money has come from people, not from corporate interests. And that's what sets me apart, even from Democrats, is the fact that I'm funded by people, um, not outside interest groups. And so when people bring legislation to me that I don't think is constitutional, I can kindly tell them to exit my office and take a hike. And so that's what I plan on doing. So please donate. <laughs> That's awesome. That, that is exactly why we titled uh, your segment Politics Versus Public Servants, because there is definitely a, a difference in the, the heart of the candidate, in the purpose behind running, and in how they're going to spend their time once they are uh, actually elected, which I just have a good feeling about the direction <laughs> your candid candidacy is going and your campaign's going. So Anna, I know you've got 20 things waiting for you to do. You're a busy person. Uh, we will bid you adieu for now, but we'll definitely have you back on in the future. Perfect. Thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. So the politician that she's running against, Christy, Right. Uh, nope. It's um, Charlie Christ. Christ. He's he's been three different political groups, right? Doesn't that sound like a politician? Well, like just whichever that, way the wind is blowing. That sounds to me like he's. What's that word that flip flop? Mm. Just kind of like. You know, they hardly ever. You hardly ever hear that anymore. So I think no, that means that everybody. No. It's the, so common. No. The reason why you don't hear the word flip flop anymore because they all flopped. <laughs> okay 
they've all flopped. Um, but that should be a sign for you that this man, it is a man, right? Charlie, yeah. Yeah, Charlie. So. Mm -hmm. He's, he can't make up his mind. Mm -hmm. And if he can't make up his mind, how can he make decisions for you? Hmm. So please be careful of that. Mm -hmm. Anna looked very positive, very mm -hmm. strong, mm -hmm. and actually, she looked like she wants to serve. Well, and she has served. I mean, that's yeah. the thing is she's already served our nation. Um, and instead of going to medical school, um, she realized that by the time she gets out of med medical school, if something doesn't happen between now and then, she'll be trying to practice medicine. In a socialist country. In a socialist I mean, that was a powerful that's statement. Scary. We probably should have spent a little more time marinating in that and breaking that apart because you know, people get excited about one, what are they, uh, one payer, single payer, single payer insurance. Well, the single payer is not a single payer. The single payer is the government, but the government has exactly zero dollars until they take it from us as in the form of tax. So it's a gajillion payer uh, system. And it's uh, doled out by a single entity who's deciding, well, maybe, maybe you're a little too old to get that particular kind of surgery. That yeah, we got to save that. We don't have the money for you, but we mm -hmm. have the money for and maybe, that. Maybe that fund has run out for this calendar year. And if you think I'm making any of that up, look up world history, look up what other countries, uh, what the citizens go through. Um, my um, stepmom is from Canada. She's Canadian a? originally. Huh? Hey. Um, and she's a nurse. So she speaks very uh, strongly against the kind of um, insurance and medical care that's right being because they couldn't get care. Here Sorry. In, in America. And, uh, you know, she's got the first hand knowledge. Um, and she's like, don't do it, people. Just don't do it. I mean, millions of people all over the country, all, I mean, all the country, all over the world are doing everything they can. They're risking life and limb just to touch our soil and breathe the air that is the United States. And what are we, what is our current generation doing? Are this, this younger generation of people they're trying to make us like the places that other people are fleeing. Like how, where's your, cause it's easy. Where is your you logic do train? Anything. You don't have to do anything, but wait in line for food. It's so, terrible. So look, it's it, just, it gives me an idea. It's here. an insult and it's, it makes me a little crazy. Well, kind of made me think about the, the socialist medicine thing. Okay. So what the VA is run by the government. Okay. It's totally run by the government. Mm -hmm. But from what I understand, if you get sick, mm -hmm. you have to make an appointment that could be weeks down the road. Wouldn't that be, so that's run by the government. Now, I think I can call my doctor and say, hey, I'm not feeling well. We'll see you in about four hours. Mm -hmm. But so do you want the government that would tell you, yeah, we can get you in, in eight four weeks months. or, <laughs> right. And, and some of my friends, some of my friends that are veterans are telling me that, no, you just can't walk in there and get an appointment. It takes months sometimes. And why is that? Because it's run by the government, folks. Do you want that to be? 
Well, even Anna just said one of her issues that she's campaigning on is the fact that there are veterans who served in Vietnam. Vietnam. Agent Orange, which is very well known. And they don't, I mean. They can't get disability yet. And they, that's, that's not an efficient system, people. This is not what we want for the rest of us. And it's a horrible thing that our veterans don't have the best of care. Um, and have you seen people with Angel, the Agent Orange? Mm -hmm. I have, and um, it's not a it's it's identifiable. Most mm -hmm. of it is identifiable, mm -hmm. and uh, it's not like you can fake it, right? No, like, oh, well, I got a limp. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's not like yeah. So anyway, the government, anything that the government runs, sorry to say, I'm not anti-government, but I'm anti-government being in business. Well, I'm look anti, at the post office. I'm look anti control. At, yeah, look at and the, when the government stops being a constitutionally based right. entity and turns into this big control center. Right. Right. That's not cool. But anything they touch, not look cool. It's bad. Yeah, I think our five-year-old granddaughter would say that it's not cool. No, not cool. So. And I don't want my five-year-old granddaughter not to know what the constitution is and working with us now, not something that was, but something that is. Absolutely. All right. We got to wrap up and get out of here. We've got uh, all kind of interesting and exciting things going on. Um, we, of course we have the AZ firearms. We've just expanded that shop. We have, um, we went from what, like less than a thousand square feet to like, 3,000, 3,000, 4,000 4, square feet. Um, we have a special um, vault room, right? It's not quite done yet, but if you come in, we'll give you a peek. But it's machine guns and cannons and captured papered guns from World War One, Two, and Three, and uh, Vietnam. <laughs> Don't say three. World War Three. No, Don't. no, no. That's kind of what we feel like we're going through right now with all these uh, these riots. You know, protesting is fine. It's fine. It's healthy. It's good. But the riots that um, are trying to use these protests and pervert them into, you know, causing property damage to small business owners whose whole lives have been poured, in, poured into these businesses, it's, that's evil. That's just pure evil. does feel like World War III when you watch the news. I mean, it looks like 2020. it's out there. Uh. Yeah. It's like, it's time to, to stand up and say no more 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Either change it now or just stop it. Yeah. Just stop it. Yeah. You know, what kind of service does it give for uh, rioters to, um, for, for the gentleman who was, that just passed away? What was his George name? Floyd. George, yeah, George Floyd. What, his, what does it do? I mean. His girlfriend, I think it was, was quoted as, you know, basically saying, if you're doing this this in his name he would never right. have been okay with that so anyway um so yes the gun shop it's expanded got all kinds of cool things going on there azfirearms.com our auction house we never talk about our auction house and we just had an amazing auction um this past weekend it was one of our our saturday auctions uh, and that that website is potofgoldestate.com oh speaking of that we just picked up a consignment of 50 guns that are Colt single actions, first generation. There's 
there's just some really rare guns in there. And that's going to be December 4th. Of 2020. 20, yes. Because uh, every year we have uh, one Saturday or one. Monday night, Monday. Friday. Monday night, it's firearms and military auction. And that's exclusive to that. We have about 400 lots. And really, it's a premium auction. So. It's one of the really fun and interesting things. Because, you know, with auction, it it's the fun of the treasure hunt and sometimes things that you're not sure are going to go for a lot of money really do. And other things that you, you feel like are going to just knock the roof off the place. Everybody just kind of doesn't pay attention and it doesn't get the bids that you thought. But um, there was a, uh, a Daisy cap gun. Yes. An 1860 replica. So it was a replica of an 1860 percussion gun. That was the Daisy cap gun in the original box. Little plastic bullet shaped yeah. something that came out probably in the 1950s or 60s and you know i'm thinking just to myself you know it's three four hundred dollars maybe so for two thousand dollars two thousand dollars so cool so somebody's adding that to their toy collection or maybe it's a gift for some i mean we don't know the that the rest of that story but it's the rest of the story the rest of the story but it's exciting because, um, you know, the consigner is happy. The consigner now has some extra money that they can put towards something else. The buyer now has this awesome treasure that uh, they add to their, um, their life story that they can, you know, tell their, yeah, I really had to fight it out at auction the other day and the bids kept going up. And it's really a, a fun and exciting business and a very people oriented business. And, um, it's always yeah, fun to of, watch. And we've had to, because of COVID, we've had to make a decision that we've, we've fought doing the whole 15 yes, we went years. To live only, and it's been fantastic. But I want to say that that gun. Live only what? Live bidding online is what you're saying. Yeah. We used to have our auctions oh. in-house. Oh, that's right. We okay. would have people show up, and that was... Um, you know, that was the final bit of the bidding. You could bid online, but then those bids weren't part of that live part. Now it's live online only. Only. There's no people Set in at home building. Bid from home, bid from your phone, bid from wherever you are. And we were nervous about what if, what if we have a computer issue or something? It's been phenomenal. Yes. People are bidding from places that maybe before wouldn't have for whatever reason. Um, so it's, it's exciting. Potofgoldestate.com. Check it out. And what, what do I keep interrupting you about? I just want to say on that cap gun, the, the lady was a, a recent widow mm. and the, she definitely could use the money mm. and her husband collected these cap guns and there's more cap guns coming by the way. But um, so it's going to be a nice uh, day to hand her a check. Absolutely. I love it. Um, and, with uh, Father's Day, when we're sitting here in the studio right now, Father's Day is coming up really soon. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder, because like, that's something my dad would think is super awesome, cool. And your dad has everything. He does. That's the thing. He's, uh, some oh, no, he's got that. He's got, <laughs> he's, got, he's got, no, Ron, you have sense too. I just, just have to give you a hard one. Don't start. What are you getting me fight? for Father's Day? Hmm. You know what? If we if we can just get the world to chill out and calm down, I think I'm actually gonna get you a weekend at our favorite 
Oceanside spot. Okay. That, in California. As long as it's not California, I'm good. It's, it's, it's in California. Did, let's just go to some one of the ocean beaches in Arizona. There, there, that's not a thing? In the Facebook that's, it is. I saw it on the Facebook. It's not a thing. There was beaches in Arizona. I just haven't found it yet. Well, if it was on Facebook, it has to be true. It's positively true. <laughs> All right, kids. Well, this is fun. And uh, I just cannot ever thank our listeners enough for taking this time to uh, dig into these conversations. We'll try with to. Us. Just try to thank them. Just thank you. I can't. Did I say I can't yeah, thank them? Yeah. All right. I'll try to thank you. Yeah, no, thank you very much. I do. Thank you. Um, dig into these conversations and then take them around your dinner tables and in your, in your car rides to other states now that we're starting to actually be air quotes allowed. Oh, I love that word. We're allowed so now? Much. I'm free? Allowed. I'm so allowed. Ew. Yay. Ew. Our founding fathers are like, what do you mean allowed to travel freely from state Did to state? Did you just do a Ew, David. Ew, David. Did you? <laughs> if you haven't watched Shit's Creek, it's, it's What'd you say? Shit's Creek. S-C-H-I-T-T-S. Shit's Creek. Oh, is that what that it's is? It's a TV show. Ew, David. It's funny. And for some reason the catchphrase is Ew, David. So it has wormed its way into our conversations. But anyway, thank you to our viewers who watch us on YouTube and Gunstreamer. Thank you to our listeners who listen to us at gunfreedomradio.com. Go to that website, click the on-demand tab, and binge listen to your heart's content. All of our uh, 209 other episodes there. That's, that's an exciting number. Yeah. Yep. And click the guest tab, and you can see photos and links and bios of all the guests who have ever taken their time to come and talk to us about their area of expertise. And um, Anna Paulina Luna was our guest today, and we she's thank awesome. her so much. I, yep. I think she's um, she's going to do big, big things. She already has done big things. Um, and until next time, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to pray for this crazy nation of ours. Pray for our leaders. Ew, David. <laughs> All of them? <laughs> Even the ones that make you say you, David. Especially maybe the ones that make you say you, David. Right? Okay. Be good to each other. Have a great week. And God bless. Bye-bye.